you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 18. For if I build again the things which... I destroyed. I want you to say it with me. You may not have a Bible, but it's real short. I just want you to quote this with me. If I build again the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. Shout, I'm not going back. Tell two or three people around you you're not going back and you can be seated. In 1519, Spanish conquistador Hernando Cortez landed in Mexico on the shores of the Yucatan with only one objective, to overthrow the Aztecs and seize the great treasure of that day. Cortez was one of the greatest motivators of his day. He convinced more than 500 soldiers and over 100 sailors to set sail from Spain to Mexico with 16 horses and 11 ships to set sail on a voyage in an attempt to take the world's richest treasure of that day. The historic question is how a small band of Spanish soldiers arrived in a strange country and swiftly brought about the overthrow of a large and powerful army and an empire that had been so powerful for over six centuries. Cortez was committed to his mission and his quest for riches is legendary for Cortez The answer was easy. It was all or nothing. A complete and total commitment he made. Here's how Cortez got the buy-in from the rest of his men. Cortez took away the option of failure. It was conquer and be the hero and enjoy the spoils of victory or die. When Cortez and his men arrived on the shores of the Yucatan, he rallied the men for one final pep talk. Before leading his men into battle, he uttered three words that changed the course of history. He said to them, 
burn the ships. Burn the ships. First, he was met with resistance from his men. Burn the ships. He repeated, burn the ships. And in a second attempt to generate action, he shouted these words to them. If we are going home, we are going home in their ships. With that, the torches were lit. And Cortez and his men burned their own ships. By burning their own ships, the commitment level of the men was raised to a whole new level, a level much higher than any of the men, including Cortez, could have ever possibly imagined. Amazingly, the small group of under-equipped and inferiorly trained men conquered the Aztecs and took their spoils that had been hoarded for over six centuries. How did they do it? How did they win? They had no escape route. They had nothing to fall back on. They were left no choice but to defeat their enemy. It was succeed or die at the hands of the enemy. Their ships were burned. They had no way to get back to the old world except on the ships that they would win when they won the battle. CLC, I'm coming to you tonight with a challenge to consider the territory that we as a church body have taken over the last several years. We have taken giant steps forward as a church and we must not lose ground. We have fought in spiritual warfare and we have won territory. We have fought through prayer and we have claimed victory. I'm calling the church tonight to reestablish your prayer life that we won through a, a series of long-lasting chains of prayer and fasting. I'm calling us to reestablish sacrificial giving that we have established over the last nine or ten years. But recently, it seems we are giving back territory that we have fought for. I'm calling us to reestablish our praise. Our praise has got to be more than just Sunday night dance off of the hills of a North American Youth Congress. But we've got to come in on Sunday morning and Wednesday night and youth service and prayer meeting and every other place that we go and in our day-to-day -day life and reestablish a praise from the depths of our heart. I wish somebody tonight would decide I've come into this house and I'm going to burn the ships because I'm not going back to being what I was. But I took some territory. Young people at North American Youth Congress, you took some territory. Don't give it back. Don't go back to being what you used to be. But decide I will not give it back, but I'm going forward in the name of the Lord.
Young people, we've spent the last week worshiping with 36,883 plus other young people. We have made commitments and we must not go back. We must burn the ships. Leave ourselves no fallback plan. No retreat plan. In the next few days, some of you will be going back to school. Some have made commitments, commitments to teaching Bible studies. Others have made commitments to worship. You have made commitments to prayer. You have made commitments to start P7 clubs. Tonight is the night for us to come and declare, I'm going to burn the ships. I'm not going to make another commitment at the high of a Friday night North American Youth Congress and come back home and go back to life as normal. I'm not coming back to settle into what I was before I left, but we've got to take every spiritual high that we received at North American Youth Congress and come back home and say, now I want to apply it and I want to keep the fire burning. In order to do so, we must remove our options. We have to burn our backup plans. We've got to put our back to the wall and declare, I'm going to fight like I'm not afraid to die because I'm either going to be the victor or I'm going to fall as a spoil of war. I would rather die fighting than die sitting down and laying down and letting the enemy have his way with me. There is an adversary. He goes to and fro seeking whom he may devise. But I come tonight to declare to the devil, you can't touch me. You're not going to get me laying down, sitting down, and waiting on you to come take what I fought for, what my parents have prayed for. But I'm coming tonight in the name of the Lord to declare that we will be victorious in the name of Jesus. On Friday... My wife and I were getting ready to walk across the street. We were standing there and there were some street guards. And they were letting us across the street. And I heard one of the ladies there that was standing and she said, Get ready, here they come. And I'm sure she's a sweet lady and I'm not comparing her to the devil. But I'm going to compare that statement. I wish to God that the forces of hell would fear our CLC young people. And our charged up CLC young adults. And our young marrieds. And our elders alike. That every time we come to the house of the Lord, hell starts trembling and says, get ready, here they come. Get ready, here they come. Get ready. You need to go into your school and declare, hey, get ready, here I come in the name of the Lord. Hell 
devil's been dominating the halls of your school long enough. I dare somebody to declare I'm going in with the word of the Lord. I'm going in and standing bold. I'm not going to allow peer pressure to pull me back, to suck me back into the crowd that I came out of, but I'm going in to make a difference. I'm going in to be the change agent. I'm going to go in and declare I'm a child of the king. Anybody made up their mind that whatever comes my way, I'm not going back? Come on, I wish I could hear it come from the back back there. Wake up your neighbor and tell them, hey, I'm not going back. We have given up too much. We need to, in the name of the Lord, declare, I'm not giving up what I fought for. I preached to the young people for a moment. Now can I preach to the, to the adults of the house tonight? I wish there'd be some adults in the house that would decide I've invested too much, too long. To live in boredom and depression and anxiety and frustration. Come on, some of us need to be baptized with a fresh flame of the Holy Ghost and declare, I want my joy back. I want my passion. I want my passion back. I want my worship back. Somebody needs to reach out and declare, give me my joy back. Give me my passion back. Give me my praise back. Give me my dance back. seated, be seated. See, Wednesday night, the first night, everybody in the building received a nice little hanky. It says, Kingdom Come. Got the NAYC logo. How many of you got it? Have, have yours? You bring it? Let me see. You got it? Bring it. Come on. There you go. And the close of the service, we took those and we laid those down because this is a sign of surrender. But instead of throwing in the towel, we laid it down and we got on our face before the Lord or sit in our seats and face the Lord. And we used it as a sign of surrender unto God. We surrendered. We surrendered our bad habits. We surrendered our filthy language. We surrendered our rebellion. We surrendered our temptation. We surrendered our sin. We surrendered our pride. And service was over. 
And we picked it up. And we folded it nicely. Now that's good, it's a reminder. But here's what I fear that the apostolic movement as a whole has become. Instead of ship burners, we have become disassemblers. We disassemble the ship just in case. Well, wouldn't the enemy think it doesn't exist? Because, no, we're, we're doing it because we lack faith. That whatever comes in front of us, God is going to make a way. So we fold it up and pack it away and leave our exit route. You know, I'm going to quit talking to those people, but I'm not going to delete their number out of my phone just in case I need to call them sometime down the road. Oh, what happened? You were shouting a few moments ago. Some of you need to get out your cell phone and you need to start scrolling while pastor's preaching and you need to start deleting some contacts, deleting some numbers. You need to put it out of your life and leave yourself no retreat. Some of those websites. You need to put a block on it and go tell your parents, help me. I got a feeling your parents wouldn't even punish you if you went and said, I got a problem and I want to overcome it. And pastor's willing to help me. Will you help me? Let's put something on the computer that keeps me from going back to that website. Back. I wish I had the back row back there helping me tonight. I'm trying to help some parents and grandparents. I believe holiness with the best of them. I was raised more, sit down for a minute. I was raised more conservative than most of you. But I'm going to tell you, we fight over what we fight over some of the little pettiest things. I, I tell you what I'm more worried about. I want to see these young people grow up and be able to say I do and spend their first experience with their spouse. Holiness is more than how long my sleeves are. I believe it. You know I believe it. I teach it and preach it from the top of your head to the sole of your feet. But I come tonight to declare in the name of the Lord there are some spiritual battles that you're fighting. You need to burn the ship. You need to get it out of your life and declare, I am not going back.
We need to remove the option. Somebody said, well, pastor, don't you trust my little darling? I just feel like it's unfair for my baby to be punished. And the pastor preaches so hard. Listen, I trust your little baby and your teen and preteen and young adult. I trust them. But I don't trust their flesh because I don't even trust my own flesh. The Apostle Paul said in him there was nothing good. There's no good in this flesh. That's why we need somebody to decide tonight I'm not going back and I'm going to burn the ship so I don't have an eye. An opportunity. See, if we just disassemble them and they're still out there when things get tough, we can go back to them, head right back to the ship. I'm preaching to everybody in the room, not just to young people right now. The, the enemy needs to know we have removed all options. I am so sold out, it is fight and win or die trying. And I can promise you, if you get that attitude, don't worry about dying because the Lord's going to be with you. And if God is on your side, if God be for us, who can be against us? We're in such a battle tonight. It's not a battle of flesh and blood. It's not a battle of rules and regulations. Here's the deal. I have a lot of confidence in this youth group, a lot of confidence in our leadership, our youth and young adult leadership, student ministries, all of our ministries. I have so much confidence in our leaders and leadership. It, it has nothing to do with that. The issue is, is this battle is not about good programs. I got a feeling that I could probably sit down and give you a list and tell you this is what I want you to do and what I don't want you to do. And I have enough confidence that most of you, without a whole lot of attitude, would say, yes, sir, pastor, whatever you say. But the issue is, is your student pastor or your assistant pastor or one of our good evangelists or your good pastor's wives are not going to be there when you're at work or at school or looking over your shoulder when you have your phone out. So you have got to make some decisions for yourself. I've got to quit doing this because pastor says it. Pastor, how far can we go in our dating relationship? You ought to start. If you have to ask, it's too far. This battle is not flesh and blood. It's much deeper than that. But the spoils of this battle is winning our city, winning our school, 
winning this region of north central Indiana. It's about possessing our promise. This building was not our promise. This whole region is our promise. This is the promised land. We got to go out and possess it. I want to remind you there's no hope in surrender. Denying it is not going to change the reality of it. Oh, not my baby. Oh, yeah, yours. Somebody came to me the other day and said they were talking to their child. and The child was about 12 years old, and they were, they were a little concerned. It won't embarrass him anymore. I talked to my oldest when he was about 13. He said, Dad, I wish you'd have talked to me. About two years ago, I learned all this in school. Most of the information was false. Mm-hmm. But not your little darling. They're naive, don't have a clue. Denying it's not going to change the reality that it exists. We live in a perverse and a perverted world. Trying to escape it is futile. You can try to pull them out of the world and put them in a shell. You can lock them in. No, don't go do this. Somebody might get this. This stuff gets sent all over the world. Don't lock your kid in the basement. All right, this is only... This is, only a, this is only a little explanation for your own mind to see what I'm trying. You can lock your kids away in a basement, but it's not going to isolate them. As a matter of fact, the Holy Ghost in you did not come to isolate you from the world. We are in the world, but not of the world. The Holy Ghost comes to insulate you from the world, not to isolate you from the world. You can try to lock them away. It's, they're still going to have to battle it. You're better off to go ahead and say, hey, here's how we're going to conquer it. We're going to be faithful to the house of God. We're going to commit our family as a whole to God. We're going to pray together, fast together, be faithful together, submit to leadership together. <laughs> There's a battle for your soul. It's for everything. There's no prisoners taken. There'll be no mercy. That's why surrender is not an option. There's absolutely no hope in surrender. I'm going to tell some of you something. Somebody told me the other day, was telling me about it. Another, another pastor was telling me, asking me for some advice. And I'm dealing with a young guy. And man, he says when he turns 18, he's gone. He's gone from the church. Let me talk to you young people about something. You will never find the joy and fulfillment in the world. My good elder sitting right over here on the left side about 10 or 15 years ago made one of the most profound statements. He said the Lord spoke to him and said everything you need will be found within the four walls of the church. I've spoken it over and over again. I'm going to tell you, your relationship, you don't need to look in the world. You can find it in the church. I wish grandmas would help me tonight. I wish moms and dads would help me tonight. These children and young people and 
Young adults are believing what I'm saying. God will provide whatever you need. You don't need to look to the beggarly elements of the world. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Everything else is going to be added to you. Take the whole world, but give me Jesus. On Friday night, we were challenged. We were challenged to break the ruler of our lives. I wish I'd have thought of this illustration. Somebody needs to run up here and help me hold this microphone for me. I'm going to try to preach and talk at the same time. That's difficult for me. Friday night... Brother Tuttle preached, you can't measure a miracle. He gave all of us rulers. How many of you have your ruler with you tonight? You have your ruler with you. Wow, there are some devoted people in the house. In the end, he talked about us breaking the things that rule our lives. Let me tell you, when 36,883 rulers break, it sounded like a gun went off in that place. I broke mine and was so determined, I broke it a second time. There were commitments made. There were some profound decisions made. We shouted over it. We prayed over it. We danced over it. But now we've come back home. And we forget about our commitment that we made at NAYC. Nobody knows. I know I broke the ruler on that Friday night. But I'm back home and I'm going to school. Couldn't you have got me some tape that wasn't so tough? We come home and the things that we broke in our lives at NAYC we come back home and forget about the commitments that we made. 
NAYC was a very expensive vacation. If you came back home and you tape your ruler back together, there needs to be some young people in this house that come back and declare, I'm not going to tape my ruler back together. For if I build again the things that I once destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. I'm not coming home to patch it back up with that guy in the world or that girl in the world. I'm not going back to school to put life back like it was before summer of 2019. But I broke a ruler and by the help of the Lord, I'm going back to school with my broken ruler and declaring he is the king. He is on the throne. Come on, somebody needs to declare it in the name of the Lord. Come on, declare it in the name of the Lord. I'm not going back. I'm not going back. I'm not going back. I'm home. It's just me and Jesus. But I'm going to... Come on, declare it right now in the name of the Lord. I'm not going back. Come on, ministers and youth workers, lay hands on some folks in this in these altars right now. We're not going back. Come on, give God praise in the house tonight. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Come on, declare it in the name of the Lord. I refuse to go back. Victory is mine. Victory is mine. Pastor, how am I supposed to go back? I want to give you two things that you need to take with you back to your school. You need to go back with the word of the Lord. And you need to go back with the name of the Lord. You need to declare, I'm going back in Jesus' name. I'm standing on the word. Come on, somebody give God a shout of praise. Give Him praise. Yes. 